Blog Talk Radio. But Obama wants to own the word fair and the phrase middle class. And yet, who has done more destruction to working people in this country than Obama? Why is it improper to point out the Democrat base is made up, for the most part, of the nation's losers? Free enterprise can do a better job of producing the things that people need than government can. Less government and less taxes and more freedom for the people. Iran, Cuba... Venezuela, these countries are tiny compared to the Soviet Union. Bring myself and the American flag, never give up the freedom my pop fought for us to have, never give it back. Same with the gas, you can never take that, never take that. On this Memorial Day, as our nation honors its unbroken line of fallen heroes, and I see many of them in, in the audience here today. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! 
This is the Dr. C. Robert Jones Conservative Report, weekdays at 9 p.m. Eastern on the WOW Radio Network. Let's get together this weekend. This is Tesla, your host of the Internet Radio Talk Show, Socialism is Not an Option. Every weekend we bring you three fantastic, exciting shows that are sure to make you laugh, cry, get angry, and even think. Start your weekend on Friday night with the Roundtable Roundup Edition. This show features other radio hosts and listeners who call in. And it's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get when the show opens. Our Saturday program is the American Exceptionalism Edition that focuses on the Constitution and our founding fathers in light of today's current events emphasizing America's greatness. The American Exceptionalism Edition is for all patriots. And our Hot Topic program sizzles every Sunday as we analyze the important national and international issues with intelligent political analysis without the bells and whistles. If you want the truth without the distractions, Sunday is where you want to be. Join us every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday on the Internet Radio Talk Show, Socialism is Not an Option. That's www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Kessler. See you this weekend. Socialism is not an option. WWDB 24-7 Internet Talk Radio. When we do Internet Talk Radio, we receive support from a great many areas. We have listener support, of course, and some who help with the promoting. One group that often goes unrecognized are the wives of Internet Talk Radio hosts. They are the ones who tolerate our dalliances and the time we invest in our hobbies. Well, this is one way we can properly recognize those who are closest to us by broadcasting their sincere sentiments regarding our passions. Are you going to stay up all night? You have family, you know. You're always at that computer.
and Jermaine, a.k.a. GGT183. Special commentator and contributor throughout the night is Annie Yabella of Southern Sense. At 7 p.m., Kessler will host Socialism is Not an Option on a special Tuesday night episode. Dr. Jones will join him again and comment and discuss exit polling and actual results. Next up at 9 p.m., join me, David Graham, on my show, Stay Mad Radio, where we'll continue the coverage joined by G-Ski Rocks and other callers and guests. And that night is not over yet. GGT 183 comes on at 11 p.m. and launches a special three-hour version of Conservative Primetime. As you know, this show always mixes it up. And this show is the cleanup hitter. And we'll conclude your evening crackling and pop-pop-popping from the excitement of the day. So you get results coverage from 7 p.m. until 2 a.m. With the way some of these primary races have gone so far, it promises to be an action-packed all-night special. So please join us for fun interaction and informative commentary. Call in to vent, rant, or promote your guy. Just make sure you tell us why. <laughs> See you on Super Tuesday. All right. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. I'm Dr. C. Robert Jones. David sure does lay down some pretty good promos, doesn't he? The promos are complimentary of uh are compliments of uh, David Graham, author of Stay Mad. Pick up a copy if you have the means. Today's date February twentieth, twenty twelve AD. I'm here in beautiful Old Town, Alexandria, Virginia. Looking out of my palatial villa across the park, out at the Potomac, I can see from my window the Watergate Hotel and a bit of the Capitol. It's a very quiet, very peaceful night. Images. Images can be powerful. We've all seen films of the Nuremberg rallies. If you haven't, tune in almost any night on the History Channel. The channel is almost all Hitler all the time. The torchlight processions, the banners, the chanting crowds, all purposely staged to elevate one man to a status as something more than human. A benevolent leader who promised fairness and payback. Payback against the evil enemies of the people. All things were possible through him. The trains would run on time. The capitalists and bankers would pay for taking advantage of the people. 
social justice would finally be achieved. But if only, if only the people would pledge themselves to him, him. Cast those images, if you dare, with a 2008 party rally in a Denver stadium. The Greek columns, the giant television screens, the laser light show. All dedicated to elevate a man. A man who promised the wars would end, the earth would heal, and the oceans would halt their rise. Peace and justice would reign throughout the land. He was the one that we were waiting for. Goebbels and Hitler himself would have been proud. El Duce's portrait was ubiquitous in 1930s Italy. The stolid face with the upthrust chin looking down over the nose became symbolic of Mussolini's fascism. All within the state Nothing outside the state. Nothing against the state. State intervention in economic production arises only when private initiative is lacking or insufficient. Or when the political interests of the state are involved. This intervention may take the form of control, assistance, or discrete management. I ask you, I ask you, does any of this sound familiar? Some images are meant to be powerful. From the works of master painters, to stained glass, to the expensive gilded frame pictures in many homes. Christ. Christ is frequently depicted with a halo. From back round lighting to a campaign symbol to the presidential seal. A certain public servant is also frequently depicted with the appearance of a halo. Can we guess what image the later's halo is meant to convey? Words can be powerful too. Either spoken or written on paper, endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Congress shall make no laws respecting an establishment of religion or, of course, prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Some words are even carved in stone, such as, Thou shall have no other God before me. What were the Jesuits in Georgetown, my alma mater, thinking? When... They agreed to cover and conceal any references to Christ while Obama gave a speech in the hall 
shortly after he was elected, what were they thinking? Now, bear in mind, fascists, communists, and other dictators discredited, if not outlawed, religion. The state was the ultimate authority, moral or otherwise. The state, in many cases, was personified by an individual, a single individual from whom all things flowed, all things What did Christians do to keep them from power? The same as today. Not enough. From the feel-good rock and roll light show, mega churches, to the original, the original bride of Christ, only token, unorganized resistance has come forth. In fact, past devout Christians were better organized and more numerous than today and were still still unsuccessful what happened whatever happened to the Christians who faced lions for their faith real lions not talking cartoon characters were they co-opted by promises of go- government, social welfare, or perhaps were they cowed by the threat of the loss of their 501 status? But, hey, judging from the watered-down socialism coming from today's pulpit, I suspect either is possible. Protest church-funded abortion via the Affordable Health Care Act. Contact your congressman. Lobby for the government to provide forced charity. Oh, yeah. Deny communion. Let alone excommunicate those who promulgate moral sin. It's too controversial, isn't it? Pathetic, I say. Don't think, do not think, please do not think this administration doesn't know it. Because they think this is a fight that they can win. Oh, no doubt government is a necessary evil. But an evil nonetheless. The mistake that Christians or any other religion for that matter makes when they accept and encourage government social justice is that all modern government is eventually at the point of look at other formerly Christian countries. Preach what is in the Bible. Go to jail for hate speech. Resist hard enough. Meet the point of a gun. Remember, we're no longer a Christian country. According to our president. 
He is the state. And the state said so. Oh, well, there's something else to think about. Refuse to pay taxes for which part go to the government charity programs that your church lobbied for and approved of? Well, but you say the Constitution protects our freedom of religion. Really? We haven't seen the Constitution jump out of its glass case and do anything. To some, it's just a piece of paper. Its only power comes from citizens acting on its behalf. Don't think the administration that Barack Hussein Obama doesn't know this either. The Constitution means nothing if we don't stand behind it. If we don't back those words, we are the ones we've been waiting for to stand up for the Constitution of the United States and back up those words. We make those words powerful. We make those words important. My main man, good friend Glenn Beck, put it down right. He put it down right when he said it. Take a listen. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report, and we'll be right back. There's the movement to undermine and overthrow the Constitution of the United States. If anyone can name a more influential and successful government document in history, I'd sure like to hear the case. Wait, (laughs) I don't have to hear it. I'm already getting it from the New York Times. And Supreme Court Justice Darth Bader Ginsburg. She was in Egypt. And what, United States Supreme Court Justice? It doesn't hang out in Egypt in the middle of a revolution. Anywho, she was asked whose constitution Egypt should model their constitution after. Hint, United States, say the United States. No, no, that's not her answer. Here's her answer. I would not look to the U.S. Constitution if I were drafting a constitution in the year 2012. I might look at the Constitution of South Africa. That was a a deliberate attempt to have a fundamental instrument of government that embraced basic human rights, Mm. had an independent judiciary. It it really is, uh, I think, a a great uh, piece of work that was done. It is a great piece of something, I'll tell you that right now. We read it. She suggested the South African Constitution, drafted in 1993, promises a quest for social justice and an open society. Probably just a coincidence there. Probably also coincidence that it has uh, abortion written right into it. Isn't that great? She also mentioned the Canadian Constitution, which has absolutely no restrictions on abortions. And, of course, the EU rights, which... Hey, they love abortions, too. The New York Times wrote a piece on the Constitution. I like to call it a hit piece on the Constitution, claiming that its influence on the globe is really waning because it's terse and it's old. And it guarantees relatively few rights. No, no, huh? No, it actually guarantees all rights. 
except to the government. It restricts the government. You, you got all the rights God can give you. Them, not so much. Let me ask you, why would anyone want to buy a house where the owner says, I don't really like it, it's kind of rickety, and I don't even know how most of it works. I don't want to buy that one. The New York Times, it doesn't guarantee a lot of rights. No, all rights given by God are guaranteed. They don't even know. They're like, yeah, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's a 56 Corvette, a 61. I don't even know. It's dusty. I don't even know how to start the thing. I, I've been trying to feed it hay, and it, I don't know. That's how we're treating our Constitution. It's not a model for anyone. It's an old, dusty document. You know why? Because nobody's driven the sports car lately. Who's fighting for our Constitution? Are the politicians? No. Mm-mm. No. I know. Places of higher learning. Yes, the professors. Oh, no, no, ha, uh-uh. no, no, they're not either. I, I got it. The State Department. No, ha, uh-uh. Hmm. I can't really think of anybody that's fighting for the Constitution. Tea Party. That's right, the Tea Party. Except they don't have a global stage. So they can't hold up the Constitution, say it's great, and even if they could get on TV and hold it up for the whole globe to see, which they will soon, they can't really show that it has any use because we haven't, we haven't let it shine in at least the last 20 years, and I contend in the last 100 years. But the New York Times thinks we should get a new one, newer and even sexier. Ooh, really? When I think of the Constitution, I do try to think how sexy we can make it. Maybe we could wrap it in a thong from Brazil. That'd be sexy. It'd be nice if we could laugh this off as some crazy media dolt, but no. No. It's the New York Times echoing a Supreme Court justice who's there to protect and defend the Constitution, and she's trashing the Constitution. And remember, these sentiments all echo President Obama's new view. That the Constitution is great and everything, but it's deeply flawed. Listen. Generally, the Constitution is a charter of negative liberties. Says what the states can't do to you. Yes. Says what the federal government can't do to you, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't say what the federal government or the state government must do on your behalf. I think it is an imperfect document, and I think it is a document that reflects uh, some deep flaws uh, in uh, American culture. Aren't you glad he's the president of the United States? We don't even know what the United States even is anymore. We don't know where we are as a nation because we're being pulled apart and we're being pulled in two very different directions. And one direction will lead us to more freedom, the other to increasing restrictions on personal liberty. And we've seen how that plays throughout history. And this time it could play out much, much worse and much faster. Where is our Lincoln? Where is our Winston Churchill? Where is our George Washington? Where are they? We don't have that kind of leader. And I don't mean in the world or in the White House. I mean, where are they in everybody's house? In every American house, where are they? If we don't train them, if we don't become them ourselves, we're going to head right smack to the gates of hell and into catastrophe. So where are they? 
Where indeed? Where? Where are where are we? Why are we standing up more for the Constitution of the United States? We'll be right back. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones situation. It's getting closer. It's halftime at the primaries. Super Tuesday is the day that could potentially decide the GOP nomination. The four remaining candidates, 11 states, across four time zones, from the people who brought you the ever-popular Iowa Caucus All-Night Special. We're back, bringing you another fantastic night of results coverage. The Super Tuesday All-Night Special. March 3rd, starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Seven hours of exciting, uninterrupted coverage. Follow the links from one show to the next. What are the shows? Well, I'm glad you asked. Teaming up again is Tesla with Doc Jones, Dave Gray, and GG Rocks, and Jermaine, aka GGT183. Special commentator and contributor throughout the night is Annie Ubella of Southern Sense. At 7 p.m., Kessler will host Socialism is Not an Option on a special Tuesday night episode. And comment and discuss exit polling and actual results. Join me, David Graham, on my show, Stay Mad Radio, where we'll continue the coverage, joined by T-Ski Rocks and other callers and guests. It's not over yet. GGT 183 comes on at 11 p.m. and launches a special three-hour version of Conservative Primetime. As you know, this show always mixes it up. And this show is the cleanup hitter. And we'll conclude your evening crackling and pop-pop-popping from the excitement of the day. So you get results coverage from 7 p.m. until 2 a.m. With the way some of these primary races have gone so far, it promises to be an action-packed all-night special. So please join us for fun interaction and informative commentary. Call in to vent, rant, or promote your guy. Just make sure you tell us why. (laughs) See you on Super Tuesday. All right, we're back with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Let me give you guys a little hint about something. Remember, does anybody remember Walter Winchell? Is anybody? I'm sure a lot of you remember the name Walter Winchell. He had a sort of a staccato delivery. But a lot of people, what a lot of people don't know is the delivery was 
staged. What he would do would uh, he would drink a couple of quarts of water just before the show aired, maybe about five minutes before airtime, and it would cause him to have to go pee. It would cause him to have to go to the bathroom, and he'd be sitting there shaking his leg because he had to go pee, and he would deliver his news as fast as he could so that he so that he could go so he sort of he engineered that delivery by purposely forcing himself to have to go to the potty of course he didn't go he did a 30 minute uh, monologue because he drank a ton of water yeah that's how I feel right now Drank a lot of espresso. Got to go to the potty. Got to pee. Maybe that's too much information. I don't know. <laughs> For some of you, I suspect it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. All right. So let's get this. Let's get this party started. Again. The Constitution is supposed to protect our freedom. But Barack Obama says that uh, the Constitution is full of negative liberties. It says what the state cannot do to you. Not what the government should do for you or on your behalf. Imagine the President of the United States saying those words. Many have argued that the left is fighting for freedom from religion. No, there'll always be religion. Fundamental change was promised. Change from God-given rights to state-granted rights are being delivered. When the state eliminates God, the state becomes God. And the state is a jealous God. Especially, especially when it takes guidance from a book dedicated to Lucifer. Keep that in mind. Now, on to something fun. Did anybody hear what Eric Bowling said on Fox and Friends the other day? Because let me tell you something right now. I am a religious viewer. Speaking of religion, if I may blaspheme just a bit, of Fox and Friends. I wake up at 6 in the morning and I turn it on. And it doesn't end until 9 o'clock. And unless I have something really important to do, I'm listening or I'm watching. I even get in my car if I'm driving out and listen to it on satellite radio. So imagine as I'm just about to turn the vacuum cleaner on to vacuum my home office, I hear Eric Bowling say something that even causes me to gasp. How many of you know what I'm talking about? 
How many of you heard what Eric Bowling said about Maxine Waters? Have I whetted your appetite? Are you ready? Take a listen to this. <laughs> oh, my. So we're going to move on to a different topic now. Maxine Waters. I find her highly entertaining. <laughs> highly entertaining. You never know what she's going to say, what's going to come never. out of that lady's mouth. Never. So listen to what she was saying. This is a – I'm just going to let her riff. Listen to this. Barney Frank is about to retire, and guess who's shaking in their boots? The too big to fail banks and financial institutions and all of Wall Street because Maxine Waters is going to be the next chair of the Financial Services Committee. Well, uh, if the Dems stay. Well, see, that is just it. The Democrats would then have to win the majority in the House, and I haven't heard many uh, professional prognosticators say that there's really a good possibility that's going to happen. Uh, meanwhile, here's another little... Uh, entertaining excerpt from Maxine Waters. Remember, she was in ethics trouble until her buddies uh, on the ethics committee kind of, you know, uh, hid that under the rug. Here she is taking a shot at Republicans, and notice what she refers to Republicans as. We've got to take back the House. I saw pictures of Boehner and Cantor on our screens. Don't ever let me see again in life. Those Republicans in our hall, on our screens, talking about anything. These are demons. Well, you didn't see the pictures of that. They had like little little devil heads. Well, yeah, there's something easy to do here. Maxine Waters never wants to see Cantor and Boehner on her screens, her TV screens. I got a suggestion. Mr. Speaker, cut off her cable. Or just cut, cut off her cable and you won't be on her screen, you demon. Can I put something out? This is also the same congresswoman who a year ago said that President Obama should line up the gangsters and um, tax the bankers out of existence. Great. Yeah, it, and she like Barack Obama regarding the, the gas companies a couple of years ago. She points out that, that if the Democrats take back the House... And Barney Frank is going to retire. Right. She's the senior most member. She barely could be leadership in financial services. Sure. Who thinks that we should tax the bankers out of existence? She definitely what, brings. What is going on in California? What? How's this? The Congresswoman, you saw what happened to Whitney Houston. Step away from the crack pipe. Step oh. away from the oh. Xanax. Oh. Oh. Step oh. away oh. from the laser oh. friend because it's going to get you in trouble. Uh, how would she explain those kinds of things? <laughs> oh, man. I'd only say six classic in the congresswoman. <laughs> All right, third, what do you think? Uh, email us 13 minutes Step now, away from the crack pipe. Eric Bowling uh-huh. suggested that Maxine Waters step away from the crack pipe. And, of course... I love you too, Melinda. Thank you. It's always nice to get love, and I love to be loved. Let me tell you something right now. Is it racist? Is it racist for Eric Bowling to tell Maxine Waters to say on Fox and Friends that Maxine Waters should step away? From the crack pipe. 
the first thing most people would do after hearing this is gasp like I did. I gasped audibly. I was like, what the f-? So I guess that wasn't a gasp. That was more like a – that was a man gasp because men don't really gasp. A man gasp would be something like, what the f-? You know? That's the that's that's how a woman would go. Ah, ah. A man would be what the f- what what the f you you know that word. That's how we gasp. So I said, what the f-? exactly? Did Bowling say that? But here's my question: Is it racist? The Huffington Post called Maxine Waters called the statement the the, the the remark by Eric Bowling racist. Is it racial because Houston and Waters were both black and they have like they had like a similar hairdo? Although Maxine's hair 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 piece is it's a wig, obviously. Is it racial because Houston really did do crack? Crack is whack. A lot of crack. Is it racial because of that? Is it racist because the Huffington Post finds crack to be a generally black drug? What's racist about telling someone to step away from the crack pipe? I myself, your humble host here, have been told to step away from the crack pipe once or twice. Now, granted, the person who said that got punched in the face, and I wound up helping him up after that, asking if he's okay. But I didn't consider it was race. I didn't consider his remark to be racist. Not at all. So is it? I found Eric Bowling's comment to be shocking, much like I found Whitney Houston's death to be shocking. But racist, I somehow don't think so. On to under other matters now, the topic of the show. Georgia. Georgia and birthright citizenship. Some interesting events have been transpiring in Georgia over the last few weeks, at least that is in the right-wing blogosphere's view. The mainstream media orchestrated a complete blackout, and it wasn't because big media missed the show. Since I personally saw them holding the spotlight and cameras, the footage was simply left on the cutting room floor. I was there. I did not, Melinda, get to dry hump or make out with Ann Coulter at CPAC. But I wish that I had. I have a big crush on that woman. I would have... No, I would have loved to. But I will tell you this. I will say this, Melinda... 
as I said earlier, conservative girls, at least at CPAC, aren't so conservative. Oh, yeah. Anyway, let's get back to the program. Georgia is home to some brave citizens who dared to challenge, under state law, President Obama's constitutional eligibility to run for a second term. Now, a lot of what I'm about to convey to you comes from an article in The American Thinker titled Georgia and Birthright Citizenship by Cindy Simpson. Three cases stipulated that Obama was not qualified as a natural-born citizen because his father was not a U.S. citizen. How plain is that? How, I, mean, it, I mean, that alone. Hold on. Oh, my God. Uh, Tesla has left the room because of Bob USMC. I don't like it when that sort of thing happens. Bob has behaved himself so far. And I think that uh, as long as Bob is behaving like a true Marine, all is well. We should have no issues. But here we go. As I stated, as the article states, the three cases stipulated that Obama was not qualified as a natural-born citizen because his father was not a citizen. The administrative judge found for the defendant. And last week, Georgia's Secretary of State Brian Kemp upheld the ruling that Obama's name should appear on Georgia's 2012 ballot. That decision was rendered even though Obama and his attorney, Michael Jablonski, failed to respond to a valid subpoena and neither appeared at the January 26th hearing. In the initial stages of the challenge, Jablonski filed motions to dismiss which were denied. The day before the hearing, Jablonski delivered a defiant letter over Judge Michael Malehas, I, I, I think I pronounced that right, head to the Secretary of State, warning that neither he nor Obama would attend. Neither the judge nor Kemp seemed to mind, however, nor did the media. As a witness to the hearing, apparently the person who writes the article was there along with me, I fully expected the mainstream media to report on the events with the usual birth or ridicule. But I was astonished to find virtually no coverage at all, perhaps because the challenges highlighted the less sensational points of statutory construction, judicial president, and constitutional law. We have a call on the line. Caller, you're on with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Uh, yeah, Doc. Sorry. You know this gets me going more than anything else does. Yeah, yeah. I you, you know, I fully expected for him not to be on the ballot based on all the evidence presented, some of it superfluous, but all seemed valid. 
Well, look, Doc, after reading, and I read Judge Mahili's decision three times. Three times I read it. I kept reading because I couldn't believe what I was reading. But after reading it, it's clear as to why it was not necessary for Barack Obama's attorney to show up because Judge Mahili was acting as Barack Obama's defense attorney. Mm-hmm. I mean, he literally relied as a crux of his decision a case that wasn't even introduced in the court. Now, I know judges are free to take take judicial notice, but when the defense doesn't even present it because he didn't even show up, good yeah. God. And then he reads the opinion to say nothing of the fact that all of a sudden he's being real careless about statutory construction when, when in denying Barack Obama's uh, defense motions uh, 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 you know, uh, to dismiss the case, he relied strictly on statutory construction. But his opinion held that the 14th Amendment has the exact same effect as a natural-born citizen clause. Well, even though the 14th Amendment doesn't include anywhere in it the words natural-born citizen, comment on it or refer to it in any way. And so according to the Arcaney ruling from Indiana, which is, again, not binding on a Georgia court, because it's a state court ruling, he says that persons claiming citizenship under the Fourteenth Amendment are deemed to be citizens. So Mahili actually added the words "natural born" into the amendment in the body of his decision, which the Constitution doesn't do. Talk about statutory construction. This is statutory uh, uh, construction. I mean, this is statutory. Yeah. Not that you know, make it up as you go along. I never see anything like this. I mean, it was almost as if you would think that you, you would not have any idea that when the founders put Article of Section 1, Clause 5 in the Constitution, that they were attempting to minimize the likelihood of the transmission of undue foreign and improper foreign influence to the president, particularly by a father owing allegiance to a foreign sovereignty. You would think it was all about protecting poor little Barry Sotero's right to be president. Oh, but no doubt. It's a measure to protect the presidency from people like him. You, you know what? You're exactly right. Now, the last week, the plaintiffs filed appeals to the Superior Court. How do you think that will turn out? The corruption going on around this issue is so grave, so profound, I, I, that I, I, I'm afraid to say. All I know is we have to play it out as far as we can play it, however mm-hmm. it comes out in the court. I, I, I'm really afraid to get There are so many on their face Patently mm-hmm. erroneous things with this ruling. I mean, it's not even funny. Now, this one of the, not even funny. No, it's I mean, not I funny mean, anymore. That was well, never was funny, but I mean, it, it, it is unquestionable. The Arcaney decision literally was a misreading, a literal misreading of Minor versus Habersat mm-hmm. and Wong Kim Ark versus U.S. Read the decisions for yourself and try to figure out how they could construe a decision like Arcaney versus Indiana. Yeah. How? In God's name. You gotta read the two statutes in tandem? This is supposed to be statutory construction? Statutes stand independently of one another. They're not exactly. gonna be read in tandem. And the Constitution, Article the Fourteenth Amendment, and Article Two, Section One, Clause Five, for the author of the Fourteenth Amendment says said clearly that a natural born citizen when debating this very amendment on the floor of the House he said that a natural-born citizen, sir, in the words of the Constitution, is a person born in the United States to citizens of to to citizen parents not owing allegiance to any foreign sovereignty. That's what the author of the Fourteenth Amendment said in debates on the floor of Congress. Well, you're exactly right. Now, it's my understanding that one of the filings 
um, is a uh, motion for emergency stay and a preliminary injunction. Now, Georgia's primary is scheduled for March 6th. Uh, have you heard anything yet? You're you're in Georgia now, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I I was I was at I was watching this uh, live on you know on the web on the feed mm-hmm. you know the original hearing mm-hmm. and uh, you know I, I thought it was a slam dunk uh, the, the way the, the judge seemed to behave initially being prepared to offer a default judgment. Yeah. Uh, uh, but you know, and then and then all of a sudden he comes up with this cockamamie ruling which didn't rest on anything that was introduced in his court. I tell you, it didn't. I, I'll tell you, Sarge, I have a home in Swanee, and I was there in the courtroom for two days, and I I, I thought it was a slam dunk that the judge was going to rule against Obama. I yeah. wonder what sort of – what went on behind the scenes to influence the judge's ruling. I don't know. Maybe this judge put so many things in here that are so patently appealable because he didn't want to take the heat and he wanted to give – the plaintiff's grounds at a higher court without him having mm-hmm. to take the heat himself. I don't know. I'm afraid to speculate because, of course, I cannot know of such things. I simply know that this decision he made was not based on any of the evidence that was introduced into his court. I, I, I've been in many courtrooms. I, many times I've seen, uh, you know, as a police officer watching in court, when witnesses yeah. are challenged for their expertise or whatever, and every single time I saw it, a defense attorney introduce a challenge to a witness's expertise. I've never seen the judge take it upon himself to question a witness's expertise on independently corroborable, corroborable evidence, which can be corroborated independently of the witness's expertise. Uh, uh, and the defense attorney wasn't there to raise the motion. I've never seen it before in 28 years of sitting in courtrooms. Now, I'm not saying it can't be different in Georgia because all, all my courtrooms were in Illinois, but I swear I sat in I sat in dozens and dozens and dozens of courtroom court trial where they challenged witnesses. I never saw a judge yeah. do it ever. It seemed that all the cards were stacked against the Obama administration with all the evidence that was presented, and the fact that the the, um, the lawyer for Obama, Obama's attorney, uh, so blatantly defied the court, even went over the judge's head. Uh, I I just don't I don't understand. Well, he, he did go to the Secretary of State and say, ask yep. Secretary of State to stop the hearing. And of course, Secretary of State did write back quite quickly. He had no authority whatsoever to stop the hearing. He wasn't the yeah. party to the case. Yeah, I mean, you know, that was for the judge to decide, and the judge apparently turned it down. And he did tell him that you ignore this judicial hearing at your own peril. Apparently, there is no peril for the Obama Obamunists. Yeah. They got they got sovereign immunity or the diplomatic immunity. What is it exactly they got? Because you know we all know that after uh, Clinton versus Jones, presidents can be required to appear in civil hearings. And this summit, this guy has been how many vacations has he been on? How many golf outings? He can't spend one day to come answer a day in court. Hell, he, honestly, he, he of golf this fool has played ninety. He is that he, he didn't even really need to appear in person. He could have uh, done it uh, video style like Clinton did. All right. Or, or just the fact of his lawyer appearing probably would have satisfied the court. Just his lawyer just showing up with some kind of, you know, as, as if, you know, he is in fact uh, deferring to the rule of law, yeah. at least making a pretense of it by sending his attorney there. No, nobody showed. In fact, in fact, he wrote a letter to the judge saying, 
we're suspending our participation in these proceedings. It's ballsy. I know if exactly. I'd done any such thing, exactly. I'd be under the jail right now. I'd, I'd be in, in in the orange jumpsuit. It's staggering. <laughs> it's staggering. But, that, but, of course, okay, okay, let's look. Okay, the guy is the president. You can't arrest an executive branch of government. You got no, of course not. First. Yeah. Of course you can't arrest him. You can't tell him he's a contempt court and put you in jail. But you can certainly find against him. Yeah, of course, Simpl- and, 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 be, and rightly so. And then let it move to the appeals court. But I think if that were the case, then it would it would it would play out until the um, until the primaries in, in March uh, you know March sixth. So it would it would work against Obama that way if he had found against him. I think the the, the game was rigged. I think that uh, Obama, uh, you know, given the judge's behavior initially and his behavior toward the end. If I was going to speculate on something of which I have absolutely no evidence whatsoever to make such a claim, but if mm-hmm. I was, I would think that he was gotten to between Obama, between the time that he announced he was going to rule on the evidence that had presented in this court, which of course he didn't, uh, and the time he actually announced the ruling. I think that's when he was got to some way, shape, form, or fashion by somebody. Yeah. Oh, no doubt about it. No doubt. Hey, um, Sarge, I really want to thank you for for calling in. We are two minutes and three seconds until the end of the show. I've got to go. Once again, your participation is excellent. Always welcome. Your knowledge of of the facts is just astounding. It puts me to shame. I appreciate you calling in. Thank you so much. I'm always happy to do it, sir. I'm glad you're covering this because somebody's got to talk about it. Ripples in a pond, people. Get out there and talk about this with other people. Oh no doubt, no doubt. It's it's so important that we get this uh, get this guy out of office. You know, November. Thanks, Sarge. Have a great night. Hey, thank you all. Tune in tonight. When you walk through the garden, you gotta watch your back. Well, I beg your pardon. Walk the straight and narrow track. If you walk with Jesus, He's gonna save your soul. You gotta keep the devil way down in the hole. He's got the fire and the fury at His command. Well, you don't have to worry If you hold on to Jesus' hand We'll all be safe from Satan When the thunder rolls We just gotta keep the devil Way down in the hole
Keep the devil 